Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues his series in the Gospel of Matthew with this sermon entitled, Highway to Hell, preached on September 24, 1995. Now, if you have your Bible, please turn to Matthew chapter 16. The title of my sermon is The Highway to Hell. The highway to hell is paved with the stones from the quarry of the doctrines of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now I'm using this phrase Pharisees and Sadducees as a metaphor for all those who deliberately oppose Jesus Christ And do not believe in him. In spite of clear revelation of the gospel. Especially Pharisees and Sadducees. Is a metaphor for those who call themselves Christians. Yet reject the claims of Christ as Lord. And I particularly exhort us not to apply this sermon to others but to ourselves because criticizing others was a problem of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They were blind ophthalmologists always seeking to discover the speck in the eyes of others hypercritical. May God deliver us from such and may God help us to examine our own hearts that we may this morning be delivered from the east, the leaven of the Sadducees and Pharisees. Sadducees and Pharisees together symbolize the unbelieving church of his day, Judaism. So even today, this expression symbolizes unbelieving Christianity also. Jesus threatened the power and position of Pharisees and Sadducees. The state church, if you please. Either Jesus must conform to their rules and view of life, or he must be destroyed. They came, Sadducees and Pharisees, to Galilee from Jerusalem and confronted Jesus for not keeping their traditions, their rules, which for all practical purposes repudiated the word of God. And you see that in the 15th chapter of Matthew. Jesus replied, your tradition is nullifying the scripture. Then Jesus in judgment left that place and went to the regions of Tyre and Sidon where of course he showed mercy to a Canaanite woman 
whose faith he described as great faith. When he returned to Galilee from the regions of Tyre and Sidon, the Pharisees and Sadducees again came all the way from Jerusalem to confront him again. And we see them in the 16th chapter of Matthew. The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested them. This, of course, was the work of Satan. And now it is being done by the enemies of Jesus Christ. Asking him to show them a sign from heaven. So we need to know something about this coalition of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Historically, they were separatists. They separated themselves from the unholy Gentiles and the unholy multitudes of Jewish people like the publicans whom they considered to be evil. They thought themselves to be holier than others because in their view they kept the law perfectly. Pharisees believed in the scriptures but they also believed in the oral traditions human interpretations of the scripture and for all practical purpose the oral tradition because of its perceived greater authority replaced scripture itself so the standard of holiness is whether people meticulously obey this oral tradition this human words thus they nullified the word of God by their own heap of opinions. Jesus being the eternal son of God, perfect man, would not subscribe to human traditions. He will not jump through the hoop of the doctrines of Sadducees and Pharisees. He came to fulfill the word of God, the scripture. This infuriated the Pharisees. If Jesus is not subscribing to Pharisaic orthodoxy, then he must be a sinner beyond doubt, a blasphemer, one who ought to be put to death and opposed. The religion of the Pharisees was a religion of show business, which we have in this country. Show business. They were phonies, hypocrites. They did everything to be seen by men, not by God. Their religion was externalism. They needed no salvation. They considered themselves to be perfectly righteous. Judged, of course, by their own standards. They were not sinners. Their heart was wicked and evil, yet they scrupulously kept the whitewash of external purity through ritualism. They exalted themselves and treated others, including Jesus, with contempt. 
they devised a standard of holiness which they alone kept and so naturally all else in their view were sinners of course they believed in the resurrection heaven hell angels and demons but they needed no salvation to go to heaven they were saved they thought by their own self effort they were saved they were so deluded by their own opinions they called jesus to be a sinner who needed to be saved by obeying their rules of life oh then we see sadducees these sadducees were mainly the priestly class they were aristocrats wealthy landowners they were lovers of hellenistic greek culture they were collaborators with rome and they loved a life of hedonistic pleasure and luxury they did not believe in oral tradition they were the theological liberals of their days they were materialists and let me tell you all materialists are atheists they did not believe in souls resurrection of the body angels demons heaven or hell they did not really believe in morality this life they said is all that there is so make money and enjoy life now don't you think that is what we are seeing in the evangelicalism of this country and also the evangelicalism around the world the church is saying forget about heaven forget about hell this is all there is let's make money and live a good life there is no heaven there is no hell no judgment to come by all means make a buck the idea here is suck up money make money who cares about the people we want money and forget about heaven forget about hell and let me tell you evangelicals are gullible and naive they have no ability to critique and so they pay money to these charlatans who are out there dishing out their nonsense sucking up people's money so that's what phariseeism and sadduceeism is no heaven no hell this is all the life there is let's make money and let's live they controlled the trade of the temple and made a profit they got a cut from every trade that took place around the temple they turned the house of prayer into a den of robbers Oh there were differences of beliefs between Sadducees and Pharisees yet these two parties equally opposed Jesus they were equally wicked Jesus must go he is a threat to our position to our power to our privileges the Sanhedrin the supreme council was composed of Sadducees and Pharisees so they used the power of the sanhedrin to intimidate jesus and finally to destroy him 
Jesus, let me tell you, as you read the Gospels, vigorously opposed the Pharisees and Sadducees, knowing that it will eventuate in his own destruction. He had harsh words for them. Let's look at the leaven of the Pharisees, the east of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Leaven, or east in the Bible, generally has a negative connotation. It is generally a symbol of sin and corruption and false doctrine and false philosophy. Israelites, in their celebration of the Passover, they're instructed to remove yeast, leaven, from their households. So Paul in 1 Corinthians 5 speaks of the importance of getting rid of the yeast, the leaven of malice and wickedness. Leaven is the opposite of sincerity and truth. A little leaven leavens a large quantity of dough. It works mysteriously, invisibly. It corrupts. So leaven of sin must be eliminated to maintain purity. When Jesus used the word leaven in regard to the Pharisees and Sadducees, he meant the outlook, the views, the opinions, the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The doctrine and life of the Pharisees and Sadducees, according to Jesus, is the leaven of wickedness. They are not only corrupt, they corrupt large number of people. Contrary to their claim, the Pharisees and Sadducees were not holy, but they were wicked, and their job was to corrupt others. Jesus is saying, stay away from these corruptors and their corrupt teaching. Bad company, Paul says, corrupts good morals. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked Pharisees and Sadducees, or stand in the way of the sinful Pharisees and Sadducees, or sit in the seat of the mocking Pharisees and Sadducees. They hate Jesus Christ. They hate scriptural teaching. They oppose it. We believe in a hell and we believe in a heaven and we know how to get out of the way of hell and get on to the way of heaven through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's look at what Jesus spoke about them. Oh, he used many, many words. He said, these are snakes, brood of vipers. So that's not good sounding label. John the Baptist and Jesus called them snakes and brood of vipers. They thrive in opposition to Jesus. They are seed of the serpent who opposed the seed of the woman. Jesus Christ, the savior of the world. They are subtle. They are venomous. They want to kill Jesus Christ. They love their sin. They love their position. They love their power. They love their privilege. And so we notice that they are excluded from the kingdom of God. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount was reacting to the Judaism of his time. He was speaking against the teachings of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And he was talking to his own disciples. He said, 
unless your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and Sadducees, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This means, in the opinion of the Son of God, Judaism cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The false church cannot enter into the kingdom of God. They do not enter the kingdom of God. They shut the door to the kingdom of God by their corrupt teachings. They not only don't enter into the kingdom of God through the door of Jesus Christ, but they will do everything to prevent anybody else to enter into the kingdom of God, Jesus said. They are damned and damning. So the kingdom of God is taken away from them, said Jesus, and is given to others who will believe and obey Jesus Christ. They are also self-righteous. They are self-righteous as declared by a Pharisee in his prayer at the temple. And he was speaking to himself, of course, his prayer did not go to heaven, but God was aware of it. And he said he kept all the law as far as he is concerned. He is perfect. And so also said Paul a Pharisee concerning his life before he was apprehended by Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, unless we are apprehended by the Spirit of God and convicted by God, we will maintain that we are perfect. Yes, he said he is perfect. So said Paul concerning his own life before he was apprehended by Jesus Christ, the resurrected Lord. Oh, he would say, you know, I fast twice a week when the scripture mandated only once a year. Don't you think I am the most holy person who lives on the face of the earth? God must be impressed by him. He is meticulous, of course, in tithing his garden. But I suspect that he will not tithe from all his income. But he is meticulous about uh, cumin and other garden herbs. He washes his hands scrupulously in ritualistic conformity and condemns Jesus Christ because he will not wash his hands ritualistically before eating. And the Pharisee feels so proud because he washed and Jesus did not wash. Oh yes, he gives alms. But he makes sure he sounds the trumpet before he gives alms. So everybody knows who gives alms to whom. He prays long prayers in public. He is careful to parade his spirituality so all men will see and appreciate this spirituality. Pharisees and Sadducees do all things before men. They do not believe in God. They want people to be proud of them. They are perception manipulators. Oh, these were real politicians. Manage perception, you see. Don't solve any problem in any painful way. But always manipulate the perception. He knows how to do it. And this is not just a politician's problem. It is the problem of the church of Jesus Christ. 
What matters to them is how people regard them. Not how God regards them. How people regard them. They enjoy respectful greetings by others. They enjoy the best seats in weddings and other social gatherings. They are not interested in how God regards them. Because they are not God conscious. They are always self-conscious. God is not in their calculus. They are not interested in rewards in heaven. What matters is here and now. Who cares about a heaven or a hell? Here and now. Here and now. Here and now. Power now. Position now. Privilege now. Wealth now. Enjoyment now. They do not care about a future kingdom of God. They care about a good life now. He says to himself, Oh, remember, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. And I believe he is the rich man who dresses in purple and fine linen and lives in luxury every day. He is wealthy and thinks he is righteous and good because he is wealthy. The wealth and power and position and privileges are due to his saved and perfect condition. He is the older brother of the sinful prodigal son who claimed this. I never disobeyed father's orders. So who needs Jesus? I am saved by my own righteousness. This is the leaven, the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. The leaven of unbelief. This leaven of wicked doctrines blinded their eyes toward Jesus. Jesus, remember he performed many miracles by the power of the Holy Spirit. But a Pharisee is not convinced that Jesus is from God. No. Yes, you performed these miracles. But you performed these miracles by Satan. They will not believe. Their mind is made up. They are good. Jesus is evil. That's the nature of unbelief. That justifies myself and condemns Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God. That alone justifies myself and condemns the preacher and condemns the elder. Condemn anybody else who will dare to confront you and say a few words to you from God. Jesus does not wash hands ceremonially. Jesus associates with sinners. Jesus heals people on the Sabbath. Jesus does not conform to our rules. So we are right and he is wrong. Jesus Christ was the eternal son of God. Righteousness in himself. There is no sin in him. And yet here here are the Pharisees and the Sadducees. With big glue lamps in their eyes. Condemning the innocent Jesus Christ. They came seeking a sign from heaven. We are not in any way convinced that you have divine credentials. We are so far convinced your credentials are from Satan. So perform a sign for us that will be so powerful that will make us believe in you. 
a sign from heaven. Now, come on now. Can you do that? Well, you know, signs like Moses that fed multitudes of people with manna from heaven or remember Joshua he commanded and he prayed and the sun stood still that was a sign from heaven or like the sign Elijah performed and he prayed and fire from heaven came down and consumed the sacrifice but it is amazing that Jesus never performs a miracle to convince these idiots. Do what we demand. Conform to our demand, Jesus. Jesus never performs a miracle to prove he is from God. Miracles he performed were gracious gifts from God for needy people. Jesus is not a circus performer to satisfy our sinful curiosity. And the additional reason is no miracle from heaven will change your heart. God performed a miracle through him, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we are told that he gave the soldiers money so that they will not say that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. The problem is, the leaven of unbelief. I will not believe in Jesus in spite of all his teachings and works of powers. I oppose him because he opposes me. That's the idea. He tells me I'm a sinner. I must repent. I refuse to accept that. That I must abandon my cherished views of all things. Acknowledge to be sinful in mind, will, and my feelings. He demands that I must forsake my sin and believe in him. He demands a fundamental change in my life. No, I refuse to repent. No, I refuse to forsake my lifestyle. No, I refuse to believe in Jesus. He demands that I must be born again by the Holy Spirit. I refuse. He demands that I must deny myself and take the cross and follow him. No, I refuse. I'm perfectly righteous in my own eyes. I don't need Jesus. Jesus is a threat to my cherished and comfortable existence. No, I must live. He must die. I am righteous. He is unrighteous. I am good. He is wicked. Leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees is unbelief in Jesus Christ. In spite of all the convincing evidences that he has given Leaven of Sadducees and Pharisees, self-righteousness. It is denial of scripture by their own traditions. Not only the liberals of today in the Church of Christ deny the scripture, but the orthodox on the other side, they deny the scripture. They are the materialists. In Luke chapter 15 and 16, we are told they were lovers of money. And the evangelical church at bottom is how to make a buck. They will come and preach sermonette. They refuse to preach a theology that says you must repent and be born from above. They will not preach hell. They will not preach heaven. But they preach materialism. They preach hedonism, that is, a life of luxury and pleasure. 
And they also are preaching political power, political action. If you can get involved in political arena and get some power, then you will feel great and powerful when television anchors interview us. We can then speak with some power. We have now got power, man. They are people who are interested in externalism. Inside is filled with dead men's bones, but outside is so neat and so clear and they whitewash on a daily basis not only before mirror but every other way they do it to fool people but we never fool God worldliness filled with Hellenization the culture of the world that's what we want the fog of Hellenism is affecting Jerusalem, the church of Jesus Christ, and we want to live the way everybody else is living. And they are called blind. Jesus called them some names. Let me give you a few of them. Jesus called them dogs in the Sermon on the Mount. That means wild dogs, the scavengers of the eastern countries. He called them swine. Do not throw the pearl, the gospel before swine. He meant the Pharisees and Sadducees who will not believe in the gospel. He called them snakes. He called them brood of vipers. He called them blind fools. He called them tombs which are whitewashed but inside is filth and corruption. He called them phonies. We must examine ourselves whether these words define us in terms of our inner life. Thirdly, Jesus withdrew from them and began to warn the disciples. He withdrew, that is a judicious abandonment of them. And he told his disciples, get out of here. Let's get out of here. And they even didn't have time to buy bread. Get out of here. Oh, that is sad, isn't it? When Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one who is able to give us eternal life, walks away from you in judgment. And so, they leave immediately. They, he, they just came to Galilee, but again, the opposition came, and he leaves to the northeast part of Galilee, to Bethsaida. And he says... To the disciples in the boat, he says, watch out for the leaven of the Sadducees and Pharisees. Watch out. True church, watch out. Don't ever think that this is not contagious. Watch out. But they didn't know what Jesus Christ was speaking about. They themselves were affected by the leaven. In fact, Mark says their hearts were hardened. They thought he is saying this because we didn't take the bread. And Mark says there was only one cake left. Oh, that is the leaven. Leaven working in terms of unbelief. Jesus said, hey, wait a minute. Remember, with five pieces of cake, we've had how many? Five thousand. And with seven, how many? Four thousand. 
Do you understand these things? He says, do you understand? Can you put two and two together? Can you draw some principle out of this? That is, even though you have only one cake left in the boat, you have me, the living bread in the boat, who is able to help you. But the unbelief is corrupting you. It is causing your own heart to be hardened. Belief is that the question, belief asks the question, is Jesus is with us? Is Jesus with us? Then everything is going to be all right. That is belief. And so he says, watch out. I don't even have to have one loaf of bread to feed you and feed the whole world. I am able to make bread to feed all peoples of the whole earth for all times by my own power because I want you to put two and two together and understand that I am the Son of God, the Eternal One, the Living Christ. Yes, watch out for the doctrines of the Pharisees and Sadducees. It is It is contagious, it is contaminating, it is corrupting, it is destructive of faith in Jesus Christ. They are phonies. Today, of course, you know, the leaven is working so fast in the evangelical world. Phoniness of externalism is everywhere. People are phony in personal life and family life and business life, but they are all nice and clean. In society when they come together and then they say they are believers in Bible but they deny the scripture when the scripture makes a demand upon them they want a Jesus who is a savior but what not Lord or oh, they conveniently they manufacture theologies and publish it then they talk on the radio justifying this is the way to go Jesus can be accepted as a savior you don't have to believe in him as the Lord you don't have to obey him at all you don't have to be godly isn't that wonderful you can be a Christian and worldly at the same time this is the doctrine of the Sadducees and Pharisees then there is what is called decisional salvation Jesus Christ said, you must be born again, born of the Holy Spirit. You cannot do anything about that. But we teach what? If you come forward, if you make a decision, then you are born of God, accepted by God. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter what type of decision we made. Heaven is not impressed with it. And yet today we declare that you can be a Christian by saying something. No, no. It doesn't work. Lovers of money, isn't it? The bottom line today, even book publishers, all Christian booksellers, they are loaded with books. There is only one singular purpose that is to make money. Not because they have something that really helps you. Such books are very few. And then they say prosperity teaching, you know. If you are a Christian, you must be prosperous. You must be wealthy. You must have designer jeans and designer homes and, and designer everything else. Yes, that is leaven of the Sadducees and, and Pharisees. And not only that, look at 
the preaching of modern church, which is sermonette. Oh, nobody is teaching about heaven and hell and the importance of repentance and obedience and forsaking of sin and discipleship. These are hard things modern man will not accept. And the preacher who is hired for $20,000, he will conform to that stupidity and he will preach whatever people want to hear. Perception man. Management that is going on. Then there is the political activity. Be active politically. Salvation will come through political activity. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be voting and doing what we ought to be doing as good citizens, but never think that political action of the church of Jesus Christ will save and bring revival. Then we have our own traditions, isn't it? Our own traditions. We have been doing this this way for many, many years. This is the way it is, sonny. And we use our tradition to destroy the validity and the vibrancy and the vitality of Scripture. And then there is antinomianism, which is, I want to do my own thing and the churches are declaring, oh, well, you know, nobody should exercise any authority over your life. Oh, pastor or elder, doesn't matter, you know. This is real Americanism. You are your own. You should do what you want to do, when you want to do, how you want to do. You should find a church where you will be allowed to do whatever you want to do. Antinomianism and individualism. And then there is pleasure, isn't it? Everything in the church should be designed to make people feel good. Oh, you should never threaten them. Never speak to them about sin and repentance. And never tell them about hell and Jesus Christ coming. Never do that. People don't like that. (laughs) People don't like that, you see. Never, never do that. And especially when rich people, powerful people, people of position come to church, never do that. They will not come back again. And so we must be careful in your preaching. Yes. But Jesus said, you know, number four, there is only sign of Jonah. That's what I'm going to give it to you. The sign of Jonah. The Father has given us a sign, that is Jesus Christ. The sign was standing before them. But they reject the sign given by the Father. Oh, no other sign shall be given, no matter how much we demand. No other gospel shall be given. Jesus is the eternal Son of God. In him the final word is spoken by the Father. Especially in his death and resurrection, Jesus is greater than Jonah. He was a prophet, a sinful prophet, at whose preaching the Gentiles repented and believed in God. But Jesus is greater than Jonah. He is the God of Jonah. He is the sinless man who dies for the sinful. He is the sinless God-man. He is the final authoritative revelation of God to man. And so he says, get out of this place. Let's go to the other side. And he took them all the way to Caesarea Philippi to deal with this leaven of the Sadducees and Pharisees. And he asked the question, what do they say that I am? God's sign. God's final word to whole humanity. Who do they say that I am? Well, they say you are John the Baptist, you are Elijah, you are Jeremiah, you are a prophet. Fine. 
What do you say? Who do you say that I am? And there they believed. Unlike the Pharisees, there is authentic confession, authentic faith. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That is the antidote to all leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And so he says, fine, I am the sign of Jonah. I must go. I must be arrested. I must be killed. I must be buried. I must be raised up. This is the sign of Jonah. And then you will all go and preach what? Repentance and forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. Let me ask you. Are you interested in asking Jesus Christ to give you a sign? Saying, I refuse to believe you. I refuse to take you into account. I refuse to listen to you. But give me another sign. Oh yes, there is a sign that will be given to us. Let us turn to the 24th chapter of Matthew, where we are told about what he's going to do. Beginning with verse 27, let me read it to you. If you are on this way, highway to hell... Let me read this to you. If you refuse and reject Jesus Christ in his death and in his resurrection, let me tell you, he says, for us lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west. So will the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is carcass, there the vultures will gather immediately after the distress of those days. The sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Now listen, at that time the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. And all the nations of the earth will what? Mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. Think about it. Think about it. Oh, you said there is no heaven, there is no hell, this is all there is. No! The Father is going to fulfill your request. He will give you a sign. Now let's turn to Matthew 25 and look at verse 41. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. You are going to be impressed by that sign. And verse 34, then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Unbelief in Jesus Christ is the way to hell. And it will manifest itself in various ways. But it is all at bottom unbelief in the claim that Jesus Christ made that he is the way, the truth and the life and no man comes to the Father except through him and so I warn you, beware of the leaven the east of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, beware it beware it, beware it even now in your heart, either you will like what I said or you will hate what I said there will be a churning in your hearts because natural human heart refuses to be told to repent refuses to be told that there is a heaven or hell 
Oh, the Sadducees, they never believed in anything. They are going to be surprised. They'll be given the sign. And so, I say to you, finally, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you. Help us, O Lord, not to be thankful to you primarily on the basis of temporal blessings we have received, but especially on the basis of the inexpressible gift you have given us in your Son, Jesus Christ, in whom we have life eternal, that we may serve you better with our whole heart. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Grace Valley Christian Center is committed to the unchanging truths of the Holy Scriptures. We have been proclaiming the whole counsel of God since 1974 through our weekly worship services, our website resources, and our publishing ministry. For more information about our church, to find more edifying sermons, or to order books by the Rev. P.G. Matthew, please visit our website at gracevalley.org.